Yeah. You heard the siren, Dave. It's like we, we could have heard the siren an hour ago, but we were waiting for uh, for someone to show up, the diva that, that didn't show up last week. And then he shows up late this week. And to think, you think you're going to make things better by showing up with some stale old gas station candy? <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Juju bees, right? It's substandard is what right. it is. I was really actually ticked off at you until I tried one of those shower, sour cherry blasters. It was fantastic. Are they good? It was terrific. It changed my whole opinion of you. I was really ticked off at you starting the show, and now I'm like, I forgive you completely because it's sour cherry blaster. Woodstock Esso on Highway 2. <laughs> there you go. All right, fellas, you ready to get this show on the road? Sure. Let's hit it. You know, here live from the Dutch Hall, we give you a glimpse every week of what it's like to be Pete Van Dyke, you know? Just hanging out in his back shed with his buddies, you know? Having a few drinks, playing some music, doing whatever the fuck I want. And you know, this microcosm, what happens on Thursday night, isn't much different than what happens the other 24 hours of every day of every other week when you're not seeing Pete I'm basically doing whatever I want but this show's not for me this show's for people that aren't that don't have the privilege that I have the people that have to go back to work after they think they got the night off or they gotta go solve everyone else's problems guys like Derek Jeremy guys like Dave Charters shows for them 
it's a noble cause, you know. But once in a while, I like to show an example of what's out there, what isn't. People that are doing things that are a little bit more fun, a little bit more creative, you know. This week, I got in Jay Preston and King Cashew. One of Norfolk County's uh, great talents. But there's only one way to talk to them, folks. How's that be? We do a little thing on our show called the theme song, boys. Know how it goes? We have an honest to God live studio audience here. Let's hear it for him. Welcome to Live from the Dutch Hall, the greatest podcast ever to come out of a guy's pool shed in Pine Grove, Ontario, bar none. Bar none, and I believe it is because we have the greatest band in podcast history, The Nocturnal Emissions. I am. And they are comprised this week of Steve the Reluctant German on lead guitar. Hey, hey. Thunderous applause, Steve. You will notice on playing a second lead on acoustic, this week joining the Nocturnal Emissions for the first time ever, from King Cashew, Jay Preston is here. Preston! A welcome edition. And beside them is our late friend, the man that writes the music for the show, the rooster Dave Charters is here. Oh, man. Uh, That's the appropriate response. And we have the man, the balls of the Nocturnal Emissions, playing a sec- his second string guitar. Whiskey Wes Higgins is here, everyone. All right, Wes. And as always, we need a bartender, and I got a great one. He's my brother. He's our bus driver, and he's our good buddy. Buddy. Paul Van Dyke is here. <laughs> what a beauty. <laughs> and I'm the host of the show, two-time President's Club Award winner. That's the one. Pete Van Dyke. Not once, but twice, people. Yeah. Nice. I like the ending there. I like that. Thank you. That's the opening. We got it done. Jay, you got through it. No problem. All right. All right. So welcome, everyone, live in the Dutch Hall. We are back again Walking on a Thursday. Park. Yeah, it was, a, it was no big deal. Uh, we're back again. You know, we were without a, a, a certain uh, member that's a, a, a regular as part of the nocturnal emissions, uh, as we'll notice. Hmm. And in light of the alleg- uh, the things that have been going on in the media, I gotta, if you've been paying attention to the news at all, if you've been watching what's going on in the news, they've been having a real crackdown on people who have been uh, inappropriate with women, putting them in, using their power to uh, gain sexual favors from women, putting them in uncomfortable positions. You know, that's right. There's the Weinstein's, Harvey Weinstein, right? There was uh, uh, Bill. Uh, what's the name of the guy? Uh, Cosby. 
No, Co- well, there was <laughs> yeah, Cosby that is, too. Yeah, that was bad. What Cosby did, David? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I was alone. thinking about uh, the the guy that was uh, he's like the right wing um, uh, blowhard guy. What's his name? He's like Papa Bear. Um, he's like a not like a Rush Limbaugh type, but he was on TV. Ah, fuck, I can't remember the guy's name. Bill O'Reilly. Oh, oh yeah, Riley, yeah. yeah, he was like yeah, a dirtbag too, right? You know, and then Sulu like drugged some guy and raped, <laughs> raped him. You know, what? Yeah, Sulu. Apparently, Sulu uh, was comforting this guy who had broken up with his boyfriend. Next thing you know, oh uh, Sulu asked him if he wanted another drink, and then uh, uh, he's waking up, same Cosby type thing, where his wow. pants are uh, being pulled down and okay. et cetera, et cetera. My bum hurts. That sort of thing. That is an uncomfortable position. (laughs) My bum hurts, Howie. (laughs) These sorts of things. Anyways, what I'm saying is Louis C.K.'s whipping out his dick and uh, making uh, girls uh, feel uh, uncomfortable, you know? Louis (laughs) C.K.? Which we broke that story before the New York Times. It's on Life in the Dutch Hall. We talked about it before, eh? You heard it here first, people. And it was on Gawker like uh, six years before that, (laughs) right? That's crazy. But no names. And now there's names and he admitted and all the rest of it. And it's uh, terrible. And in light of that, I thought that Life from the Dutch Hall has to do our part in this thing to make sure that women in the world are protected from male predators. In which case, I thought, which of us in the Life from the Dutch Hall crew would be most likely to commit a heinous crime against women? And I thought, Michael Bow. That's right. (laughs) Michael Bow for sure. And until we have time to look into... Any sort of, because really, you look at Mike, right? You look at, he's kind of like he's kind of like a jock frat boy kind of look to him, right? That's right. If someone's gonna get a girl, you know, date rape someone, <laughs> the, well, the obvious pick's charters, but uh, <laughs> the obvious pick is charters. But, but he showed uh, up tonight. But he, yeah, but he showed up, and Mike didn't. <laughs> so I just say, well, all I'm saying is, there's been no really hard and fast allegations. But I'm saying that we want to do our part, and we are going to look into it. <laughs> so right. if anybody has ever had uh, Mike uh, whip his dick out and jerk it in front of them <laughs> to the point where he, uh, they felt uncomfortable, please send us an email at livefromthedutchhall at gmail.com, <laughs> and we will explore these uh, allegations wow. to make sure that uh, any sort of punishment is, is brought upon Mike and his dirty, dirty dick. Dirty deeds. <laughs> right? That's right. I don't know why I'm looking at Steve the whole time. <laughs> like, I'm making Steve uncomfortable just for the sake. You're just in my eyesight, Steve. Yeah, it's true. I could look at someone else. Charters. Yeah, he's yeah. way hey, back you doing, He's buddy? tucked in the corner tonight. <laughs> Jerry, so uh, are you okay? You seem frazzled. The weight of the world is on your shoulders. I know okay. that. I had a tough day. You had a tough day? I'm still fighting this cold. It's two weeks. It's been. And my mental health is suffering today as well. <laughs> Now, last week it was a real illness, we right? Can, you, we can you cure bi- the mental health. <laughs> you can, yeah, we, that's what we're here for, Dave, Yeah, is to cure your mental health. Yeah, yeah, that's why I came here, to help. Now, do you, does it, uh, this is a serious question. I know we're, I know, I, I, we're not, we're often we joke around, but uh, you come in here week after week, right? You have a busy life. You're the man that tries to do everything. Fairly busy. You have, like, uh, a real job, not like the rest of us. A real job, right? You have four children. Yeah. You coach a, a sports team for one of the children, right? You're the head coach. All true. 
Now, do they just call you the head coach because of what you do <laughs> to some of the parents when you get drinking? <laughs> no, it's because I'm uh, <laughs> responsible for making practice plans and oh, is that why? Giving inspirational messages to the kids and oh, setting an example. <laughs> oh, it's not from blowing dudes. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> just so we're clear. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, Charles. So, uh, what my point here is, is that you're trying to do it all. And you still find time on Thursdays to make this drive down here and do this, right? Yeah. Which you get no compensation, right? No. 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 Zero. No compensation. Okay. Unless you- being made fun of incessantly is compensation. <laughs> That's the thing. You pay a price for coming here, <laughs> and yet all of that is worth it. And can you explain that? Well, the truth is I enjoy the camaraderie in the Dutch Hall. <laughs> right? Yeah. You and- know, and the... And the deli trays are nice. <laughs> they sure are. You did come. You know what I noticed? The one, the one week we had uh, sausage from Cortland Bakery, mm. which I thought would be a real treat for the fellas, right? But it's live from the Dutch Hall, and the only one with the stomach for the spiciness of the Cortland Bakery sausage was the Pollock, eh? Well, yeah, the rest, of, the rest of the Dutch people were a little <laughs> bit. Uh, it was just the way I liked the it. It tasted like it might have gone German. a bit over, like it was going a bit sour. It's just the way I like it. <laughs> Like you like Mike, Mike Bo wasn't touching it. He could tell. Yeah, yeah, it was too much for him, eh? The spice <laughs> is too much for a real Dutch guy like Mike, eh? He he has to, you have to, you know, ease him into it. It's not good for his tummy. That's right. He likes a nice uh, black forest ham. Yeah, as long as it's not too old. <laughs> yeah, and slice nice and thin. Anyways, I think we got a big show today, and I can, I really am excited about talking to our guests. But before we do that, I think we need to get to a segment of our show that we call Feedback, We Got Feedback. We got feedback. 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 It's motherfucking feedback, people. Hey, welcome to Feedback. As always, uh, Feedback is brought to you by our friends at Amazon. If you like to do your Amazon shopping, as Wes, Whiskey Wes Higgins did, uh, he did some Amazon shopping. He sends me a message oh. saying, Pete, it's not working. Your <laughs> fucking ads aren't working. Uh, you, I'm not the only one that's told you this. Uh, get your act together. You're a grown man. You should be able to get this stuff together. And I said, uh, you know, Wes, you're right. But what you could also do is shut off your ad blocker, and that thing will pop right back up. And, uh, <laughs> yep. and it, it worked. worked. It worked. It did work for him. What would you buy, Wes? I bought a tablet for my daughter for Christmas. Oh. So whatever your kickback of about $300, that's, uh, oh, that's, oh, that's coming sweet. back. That's sweet business. It's like, what, 30 cents? I'm buying a splitter. small purchases on Amazon or big purchases. Both work. Yeah, Christmas season is coming. This is their big Amazon season, so use it. <laughs> but you might. that's a good tip is that if it doesn't pop up, the ad blocker might be on if you have one. And shut it off, and then you can click on the Amazon banner, and then any of your shopping you do, some of that money's going to come back and help the show. And uh, it seems like we might need a new board. Another good tip is stop being a douchebag. <laughs> What's that? Go on Amazon. Go on Amazon? Yeah, just do it. What you call A lot it? of people buy stuff not on Amazon, right, that oh. they could buy on Amazon. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't really care if Amazon, but if, if you want to buy it somewhere else, I don't give a fuck. It's just you could help our show. But you know the way, way you can help our show? Why don't you go down and buy some meats from Nordpack? The beef people. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting it, Paul. 
it's not as quick as feedback, you know. It didn't. These guys just didn't like pick that up overnight. It happened over time where they were trained, right? At first it was sloppy, but well, now you. Just me. What? It was just me all by myself. Ah, uh, yeah, feedback. <laughs> Thank you. Anyways, uh, uh, where are we? Oh, you know, you could go to Norpak, get some uh, the beef people. Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> see, it's working already. <laughs> Say no more. You're in Norwich. Good meat. You know where to go. Norpak. The beef people. Yes. <laughs> you know, and uh, I would be remiss. Uh, I'm gonna get to uh, if I don't mention your army electric. It's getting that time of year where it's, uh, you know, winter time. Maybe people are going to take a break, you know. Maybe people are going to slow down a little bit. Maybe people are going to catch their breath, spend some time with their four children. Maybe some people are going to maybe contemplate the fifth. Or maybe they're just going to pretend that they're going to be trying for the fifth by doing dirty, dirty things with their hot, hot wife. Right? Yeah, what are you, taking out your Christmas lights and half a strand's out on one of them? Yeah. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call my cousin Derek. He's busy thinking about things to do this winter That's right. most of them include impregnating people again and again and again so leave them alone yarmy electric if we don't get it right the first time we'll get it right the second time and if we don't get it right the second time you can go fuck yourself leave him alone he's busy, busy. he's a busy guy <laughs> <laughs> now our primary sponsor now i want to talk about this live from the dutch halls made the commitment to go to live streaming yep and uh technology has never been my friend <laughs> And I don't, uh, uh, so it's, I'm very slow at learning things. So uh, I've, I've, I'm not getting it yet. The equipment's not working. So we're still not there yet. But we wouldn't have gotten there without the uh, help of our sponsors, including our primary sponsor, our vi- video endeavor, CleanFlow. And a couple of weeks ago, Dave wanted to go through, our good friend Dave Charters here, wanted to go through and show CleanFlow that he was happy for their support and he wanted to help uh, do some ads. That's right. Problem was, they didn't like his ads. They didn't ask him to do that, did they? They didn't ask him. They spent money as a sponsor of this show. They want to show us support in every way. And Dave just thinks for him. Dave just makes his own decision on what CleanFlow is going to want, right? <laughs> now I got to deal with Mr. CleanFlow, <laughs> uh, who's not, a, not happy with the way things went down. So guess what? These guys are serious sponsors. We're trying to be a real show here, right? So they sent us uh, what their script this week, and they asked for you in particular, Dave, to be in this ad. All right. As a primary, as the primary uh, 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 principal, that's with good. myself. I want to help. Them. I want to help them out. So that's good. The star of the show here, right? So, Charters, uh, this is a clean flow ad. You'll notice your name there is in letters. So, I you can just, uh, just go. Uh, uh, just start at the top? Just start at the top. We'll go It's like through. a script. It's almost like a, like a movie script. That's right. It is. Yeah. Okay. I'll start. <laughs> <laughs> nice where it work. says Dave. Yeah, where it says Dave there. Hello. I am an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't wow. take proper care of my vehicle. And for some reason... It seems to be running like shit. Oh. The location of your GDI injectors and your cylinder head do not allow fuel to spray the back of the intake valves, making it difficult to keep the intake runners and valves clean. I'm sorry. I'm very (laughs) stupid. And you used a lot of big words. Plus, half of the time you were talking, I was scratching my ass crack and sniffing my fingers. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, no problem, sir. There's a bunch of crap in your fuel injectors cutting off your air supply. Makes your car run bad. <laughs> Should I just set it on fire and blame it on the Indians? <laughs> I wouldn't do that, sir. Instead, we could just use Clean Flow's Direct Injection Solution 101. It effectively reduces valve deposits, improving airflow, idle quality, and engine performance of your GDI engine. Thank God for Clean Flow. Now I can get back to trying to lick my own elbow. <laughs> See, Dave? That's how it's done, eh? Okay, you service I, I, the sponsor. I read it without knowing what was on the paper, but I have to say that uh, the Clean Flow ads in no way uh, <laughs> depict my feeling of the native Canadians <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. What? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> and anyone could set my car on fire. <laughs> yeah, anyone of any creed or, or race or yeah, but you drove it to the reserve. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know that joke's not funny without the fact that people actually fucking do that shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, I went to high school with a guy that uh, that's what he did. He lived in Brantford, and he just uh, his. Dad was just like, oh, you're done with your car? Just set it on fire and uh, say the Indians took it. Just drive down fourth line. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. It's just a thing you do at the end of your life of your car. Or the quarries. It's crazy. Or the quarries? Is that you dump it over into the quarry? Tons of cars there. Yeah? <laughs> when you're done with it and you just blame it on someone stole it? Well, that's one way to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good for scuba diving afterwards in a quarry. If it's oh, just full of old cars. Hagersville. Hag hmm? Indian Mines. Oh, Indian Mines? Uh, see, that road's still called Indian Line, even though it's politically incorrect. Yep. Did you know that uh, in uh, the States, they're still cool with it? That's right. Like the Cleveland Indians is still a thing? Yeah. And, uh, and even when they just talk in regular conversation about the First Nations people, they'll just say Indians. And then they know it's wrong or whatever, but they just don't care. And it's not a big deal for them. And they kind of like make fun of us for being like, oh, yeah, they're real kind of politically correct about it up there. You know? Anyways. Uh, the worst <laughs> one, I think the worst one is the Cleveland Indians. Uh, everyone gives the Redskins the big uh, uh, grief yeah. uh, because it is kind of like on the nose, you know, like Redskin, you know. But uh, Indians, that mascot's like pretty offensive. What's his name? I don't know. Like Johnny Wahoo or something. What? Like, yeah, it's something crazy. It's like the cartoon-looking. Uh, yeah, it's like the, the equivalent of like uh, like a blackface minstrel like uh, stuff like uh, that would be yeah. super offensive to yep. African Americans. He's a fucking happy Indian. What about the Chicago Blackhawks? It's a it's a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, that's like a, the the Chicago Blackhawks out of all of them is the one that's saying they're paying tribute to a noble tribe of particular uh, First Nations. Or whatever, so they were like they're like more specific that it's like uh, oh, yeah. honoring them or whatever, and not uh, being. Uh, and that's their real name, probably that they like to go. Yeah, by yeah. It wasn't Hawks. like yeah, it's like the Mohawks. If they call themselves the Iroquois or something like that, you know, you'd be like, is that offensive? I don't know. And it's still kind of probably, I guess. Could you call yourself the uh, the the Dutchman as a team name? It wouldn't be offensive to a, to me, right? What if you call them the? What would you be the Polish? What if you called your pirate ship the Flying Dutchman? Would that be okay? Yeah, I have no problems with it. That's a real thing. 
It was yeah. on SpongeBob. <laughs> right? That's right. That's how I know all my pirate lore is from SpongeBob. Is the same because then sometimes I'll watch Pirates of the Caribbean and I'll be like, "Hey, I know that from SpongeBob, right? The, the Davy Jones Locker." Yeah, that's what I really know it from. Anyways, um, <laughs> where were we? Or oh, we're on Square? That's the, the Clean Flow ad, but we have to get the f- actual feedback. We ask our listeners every week for it, and this week I got to admit, after last week's show, uh, it, it was uh, there wasn't a lot of feedback. There wasn't a lot at all, but there was one person who is. Full on, I'm going to call her a super fan of the show. And she is back. She was last week's listener of the week. And uh, she's back on Podbean. She gave us a couple different pieces of feedback. And I'd like to share them with you. She's, it's from the second mouse. It says, wow, thanks for the shout out, guys. Hashtag Delhi Pride. Hashtag listening in Delhi. I need to drop off a specialty cheese tray. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Did you hear that? Yes, I did. Just let me know when, she says. Just let me know when. Oh, so, officially, man. I'm going to tell you, uh, we are here every Thursday. <laughs> and we will, we, will, we will do whatever. We are like whores. We are like cheap, <laughs> cheap, easy whores. We'll work for cheese. Yeah, for cheese? <laughs> A specialty I'm, cheese drink. I'm now, now, Mike Bo's not here this week, but he's, he would just be shouting out Gouda. He would just be shouting out Gouda. I know he loves his Gouda. So if you're going to put something on a specialty cheese tray, please for my cousin Michael, even though he might have some sexual misdoings in his past. I don't know. But I'm willing to forgive it. I'm willing to forget and give the man some Gouda. But I'm telling you, if you are offering a cheese tray, we would love to have it here at Live in the Dutch Hall any Thursday let me know how I can pick it up or where I can give you the address. Just reach out to me at life in the Dutch hall at gmail.com or uh, send me a message on any of those social media platforms. And I will uh, gladly take your cheese and tell the world about the second mouse in Delhi. Absolutely. Not the listener of the week until I get the cheese. <laughs> you can't get it two weeks in a row. I'm just going to tell you that right now. You got it last week. Don't get too full of yourself. Bring the cheese. Mm. Maybe we'll go to time listener of the week. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is uh, feedback. We got feedback. If you'd like to, uh, you know how to get a hold of us. Uh, we are Dutch Hall on, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, we are live from the Dutch Hall on Facebook. Uh, do all the things to get a hold of us. And also, I got to tell you about the shows we got coming up. We have uh, November 23rd. We're doing uh, Dutch Hall Comedy at the uh, Little Belgian in Delhi. It's on a Thursday. And we're contemplating how we're going to do the podcast, or whether we're going to do a live podcast after the comedy show, or if we're just going to come back here to the Dutch Hall and do it. Uh, I'll send something out on social media to let people know right. <laughs> what we're doing. Um, but we'll figure it out by tonight. And uh, Maybe you should ask if people would watch the show. <laughs> would anyone want to see a live podcast then let us know otherwise if we're just going to make people want to go drink their beers and go home quicker <laughs> i don't know anyways uh that's the one thing we could do um we were at the and then we're also at swazi's on december 1st and uh, that is going to be a great show clifford myers is uh, headlining that show and the nocturnal emissions will be playing yes. after the uh, comedy program and also, I want to just plug myself. I am. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say what? that again when, after I hit record. I want to plug myself. Is that the, Thank uh, you. Is that good? 
<laughs> you want to just have that so you can listen to me say that? Yeah. You can make your ringtone? Yeah. Anyways, uh, no, I, I am going to be in the Go Yuck Yourself finals. That's coming Woo! up in two weeks at, uh, at the uh, Yuck Yucks in Hamilton. Uh, it should be a great lineup of people, and I think it's still going to only be five bucks to get in. Uh, nice. So you can go. I think that's going to be the last last Wednesday of November, whatever that is the number. That's 29th. a steal. And uh, good lineup of people. Cause the, it, it was uh, four rounds, I think, of, of uh, comics, uh, eight each, and the top two moved on from the four rounds to make the final eight. So it'll be uh, eight pretty good guys that you'll be able to see for a pretty cheap price. Pretty good. And I don't know who this headline in that one, but it'll be good. Anyways, uh, that is it. That is it. Now, I'd like to, without further ado. <laughs> oh, the show's over. Now. Now, now we can actually start the show, I think. <laughs> That's right. And uh, we'd like to invite our guest today. He is. Uh, we were uh, lucky enough to meet him at Bushstock. I know the Nocturnal Emissions were able to spend some time around the campfire. Hopefully, we'll talk about the stories of that after we get to talk, uh, introduce him. He's... Uh, He's been in, in a number of different bands in Norfolk County. You might have seen him if you've watched live music anywhere close to around here and in many different forums. He's now uh, fronting his latest project, uh, King Cashew, and he's promoting the upcoming album, Infinity Lounge. He's going to play a couple of the tracks off the new album. Here he is, Jay Preston, everybody. Woo, Jay. <laughs> All right, I'll give you <laughs> Well, we got an intro here. I got two guitars, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Everything I know Will only come to show This feeling comes around And taps you to the ground I feel incapacitated I'm flying to the sound like a cloud Hear the sounds All
All right, all right. That was Jay Preston from King Cashew. Singing, job, he did the instrumental at the beginning. It was Infinity Lounge from the self from the album entitled Infinity Infinity Lounge, right? And then he uh, followed up with Like a Cloud. Excellent, excellent. And uh, how how uh, is this the first album from King Cashew? Yeah, for sure. It's a it's a long time coming album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of uh, something that you've been like uh, working towards for for quite some time. Well, yeah, I've always uh, been behind writing songs in bands, but to actually take control and not worry about putting somebody as a puppet was the main thing, you know. Yeah, like what do you mean? Uh, Well, I had ideas of uh, bringing other singers in and make them do the songs I was writing. Right, right. Or... uh, you know, sharing the the stage, you know, but now I just take it by myself and just easier when you don't have to coordinate all the people. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, I'm gonna shut this phone off because it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. So Jay, actually, you guys uh, in the Nocturnal Emissions, you met uh, you met uh, Preston at um, Bushstock this year, right? That's right. Yeah. Around the campfire, I didn't meet. I, I didn't. Sure I, this did. is my first time really meeting you, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't. Well, actually, um, I guess I seen you before because it was at the Jake the Snake show. Oh yeah. Oh. But uh, a friend of mine ref- told me that you were the one of the comedians. I didn't know at the time. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a great show. It was a good show. You were at that show, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I thought it was. I d- that was a pretty good. That was a fun night, man. Meeting Jake the Snake and everything. He was better than I thought, actually. Eh? Didn't you think? Well, yeah, I was there to get uh, some of my wrestlers signed so I could sell them. Oh yeah, yeah, you're in. You sell uh, collectibles as well, yeah, eh? The rubber ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, you, so you hung around, and played music with these these guys at the campfire, right? Yep. At Bushstock. Yeah, and uh, it was amazing how I got there. I was looking for my phone. <laughs> I was up in uh, the special lounge. Yeah, the tiki bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with my golf cart, and uh, <laughs> and I ended up finding it. And uh, uh, Bushy's wife there mm-hmm. was helping me because she called it right. And it yeah, my sister Lisa. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. that's who. <laughs> and she's like, "You should be over by the fire." And I'm like, "What fire?" And we got in the golf cart and we went down, and that's where I met the guys. They were sitting by the fire, and they uh, they were. This was the first night, right? So they were still full of piss and vinegar. Yeah, it was Friday. It was Friday night, yeah. And yeah, I, I actually did both shows. I did Friday and Saturday. I know what these guys were. These guys <laughs> played Saturday, but they uh, blew their wad at the campfire on Friday. <laughs> My memory of that campfire <laughs> night is a bit sketchy, but when I remember you showing up, it was I'm pretty sure it was very late in it the evening late. already. Like I think we were already thinking about I think I was thinking about the show the next day at that point and like being responsible and maybe packing it in. Yeah. <laughs> it was like five ish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was about f- it was about five in the morning, and you were thinking about being, being responsible. responsible yeah. And then a new guy shows up at the campfire, and it's Preston here, yeah. and he's uh, and you guys are like uh, born anew again, right? Yeah. You got a new life again. Yeah, it was great. Breathe into you because you get to play with a new uh, a new guy. Yeah. 
He showed up with one of those big bottles of beer of lug tread <laughs> and sat down. And I think you brought a guitar. And then, yeah, uh, likely. I'm usually packed with that golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it turned out to be a great time. You and Steve played some Grateful Dead and stuff or like, yeah, it was good. It's great. So Preston, uh, when did you get uh, started in music? At a very young age, uh, I wanted to play drums at first and, uh, that didn't really work out. And that fade that was at a young age, and it fades, right? And then um, it was right around, I think, Appetite for Destruction. Oh yeah, GNFNR. <laughs> Where I really started playing, you know. And uh, it was the energy, like how people feel mm-hmm. about sports in grade two. Yeah. In gym, you know. And you know everybody's freaking out, and I wasn't freaking out about football or anything and but when i actually picked up guitar i i felt the energy that they probably had yeah yeah you you yeah. felt your your passion became clear yeah well i i knew you know to tell that to tell it like that i knew that then you know what i mean at a young age where when it hit me and i was like well this is why i was what i was missing in sports right right you know and your parents didn't have to tell you to practice guitar. No, it was at that point in time. Nobody would actually get me a guitar. <laughs> Which probably yeah. why it made you want to play it more, you know? Because it was your own thing or your own drive, right? Um, a, a friend of mine, I, I bought it, my first electric guitar, and I, uh, I saved. That was the first time I think I ever saved. <laughs> What'd you do to make the money? Um, I can't really remember. I think it was just if somebody gave me five bucks, I put five bucks away. Oh yeah. But uh. Well, yeah, birthday money or anything you could scrounge. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if if Smith's you could... Bakery was actually where I picked it up. Oh, oh really? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, uh, it was like a. Yeah, for those playing the yeah. Dutch Hall drinking game, <laughs> Green's Corners drink. Yeah. yeah. Right. Smith's Bakery, <laughs> Smith's bakery drink. <laughs> <laughs> Smith's Bakery, which I heard rumors was going to be a, a brewery. Are they going to make that into a brewery someday? Not yet. No? Is that like, is that all right? Is that, it? maybe I shouldn't say that. It's a rumor in town. <laughs> Wishful thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, you got your, uh, so, but you got your guitar and you knew what you were doing like early on. And uh, like where you, you knew it was something that you really enjoyed early on, right? Yeah, well, the guy I got the guitar from, we ended up playing in the band with and going on breakfast television in, like, 94. Oh, really? Yeah, and, uh, well... Like, how old would you been then? I was 14, 15. And you went on, you were, you played music on breakfast television then? Yeah, I got the footage of it. Oh, really? Cool. away somewhere. How did that, how did that work out? How, does, how do you get on breakfast television? Well, it all it all happened quick. I was barely playing guitar. Yeah. And then uh, me and uh, Terry Shepard Jr. Yeah. He's and he's still around. And we went to Glenn Atkinson's recording studio. If you know who that is. Yeah, yeah. And in the in the area, the Atkinsons are musical royalty almost, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, we just did like four songs, and I sent them off 
to CDTV and they called me and they're like, yeah, come on our show. Oh, really? <laughs> Is this one of those things that because, like, you just strike it, get something to happen when you're 14 and just shit luck, eh? Like, and. Yeah, especially in the 90s, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that show was big then. You must have thought that it was pretty fucking easy then at that point in time, right? Um, like, you were like, uh, this is, like, I'm already getting, like, a television exposure. I've been doing it for less than a year, you know? Well, the universe is yours, if you can think of it, right? Right, right. But I'm saying, like, you weren't on breakfast television every year since that time. Right? No, no, no. So it, you it, hit it, early, it, and then you're miss, like, then you, you know? had to become, uh, you had to eventually come down to earth to, to f- realize that the, the real thing in in the arts, or like if you're gonna be in music or or comedy or anything, any sort of thing like that, is most of the time things don't go that well. You mostly eat shit and well, play. Ex- oh, exactly. Yeah. And I've had a lot of good luck since with music. For yeah, sure. yeah. You know, I got to open for David Wilcox, Helix. I've been at music festivals, uh, St. Bill Line with like July Talk and oh yeah, and uh, J- uh, Trailer Park Boys were there. And yeah, yeah. We we've opened for uh, Ill Scarlet a few times. It's amazing uh, that when you uh, like you say the universe is yours, and I I kind of believe that too because I was a banker for 15 years and then. Uh, uh, thought you think you're on a path you know you're going down a path a certain way and you think that's the only way you can do things you know and then you realize uh that uh, you don't have to do any of that shit you can do something completely different and you can do you can make your own things happen and once you start being in that open to the possibilities of those things then uh you start to realize it's a small smaller world than you think and everything kind of you do start to meet people that you'd never thought you would ever interact with. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, like, timing is everything. And it's like one second off, everything changes. And also, I think, especially in Canada, the difference between success and mediocrity is, like, nothing. You know, it's like uh, you can see a guy who's, like, what you would think would be, a six, uh, like, a huge success in Canada... And he's still just struggling to have people remember him, you know? Like, uh, you know, he's like he's still going through the same struggle that a struggling artist is going through because he, he's, or he or she wants to still just be relevant, just wants to still make stuff that people care about and, you know, just wants to be, have their, whatever they're creating, have a market, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And that, that commonality is the same between a guy who's in Delhi um, starting to, uh, starting to perfect his craft and a person that's been established for 30 years in the business is still, you know, they're still going through that same process, you know? That's still commonality. So you, if they, if you meet some of these people like Wilcox or someone that's been more acclaimed in the business, uh, how do they tr- uh, treat a guy that's more at the earlier stage in his career? Well, it, it's different with all of them, right? Like, well, how was Wilcox in particular? He was pretty, like, tell you the truth, like, I got in a lot of trouble that night. <laughs> really? <laughs> See, it's a better story. So, like, <laughs> like I, we opened up for him. I, I met him briefly, right? 
And he's pretty mellow nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Not the old Wilcox. And um, a friend of mine, okay, I got off stage, and a friend of mine came up and uh, said the security guard had took something that I should probably get back, which is for the van at the time, right? And so I went up to the security guard and I uh, asked him, hey, you got something of the bands. Can you give it back? And he's like, no. <laughs> right? And, um, and he's like, do you want me to call the cops? That's what he said. And I'm like, yeah, because you're not one. Just <laughs> <laughs> right? giving my stuff back. Yeah, and eventually... Uh, he wasn't giving it back, and I just said, it's all right. You're just an old fucker anyway. And he, he was an old man at the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he got mad, and he attacked me. Oh, physically attacked you? Yeah. And then when he grabbed hold of me, my beer flew across the room, and it was all cans, right? And we were throwing tables around, and I was just trying to hold my fort if you know what i'm saying <laughs> this is at the wilcox show where was it <laughs> do you remember what town yeah, it, well it delhi oh is that the belgian yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah belgium hall yeah that sucks the belgians closed right yeah we fought until we got onto the audience and next thing you know it was all kinds of security guards and I didn't do anything until somebody bit my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, all it took. Yeah. That was the, the what what set you off. Oh yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't bite the guy's thumb, really. Well, I I got charged with assault for punching his face out. You know, but when you're not the type of manner. Yeah, when in Rome, that's a rock star story, though. That is really what you, like, that's what you think of a, a rock star gig. You should have stories like that, right? It builds your, like, uh, it builds your folklore, you know? If you want to really have, mm-hmm. have like, a career, yeah. you got to, like, live a rock and roll lifestyle, right? That's why Brayden Akuman rented a room at the Del Motel, <laughs> even though he lived in Norwich, because he wanted a trash hotel room. Yeah. And yeah. he knew the Del Motel wouldn't be able to tell that the room was trashed. Because <laughs> it looked the same as when he moved in. I agree. <laughs> I, I've been driving cab and I did some deliveries there and I've seen those rooms. <laughs> it's tough, man. The Del Motel, when you're staying there, you you, you got to think about seriously what you, choices you made in life. Hey, uh, I wanted to say, like, uh, you, um, do you have a real job? Well, yeah, I uh, did. I buried uh, phone lines for like twelve years. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm not doing that anymore right now. Yeah. So do you find like, obviously, like when you're trying to balance, you got like the with anybody that's trying to create something, right? I always find there's people in life. There's like, uh, you're either like a uh, a consumer or like a creator, right? You're or you're like a, a a person that uh, watches or a person that participates, you know, like uh, and when you're one of the people that are creating, you know, you have to balance the commerce with the art and the commerce isn't there most of the time, you know, with with anybody in an artistic venture. Right. So how do you balance the fact that, you know, if you put more effort into your art, 
you'd probably be able to get more money. But if you but there's a risk associated with that. But if you took the the easy route where you took like the job where you know you're gonna get the nine to five. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you like how do you balance the well, that sort of thing? Well then uh, that's that's basically why why I'm not doing the wire shit right now because it was there was no music. You yeah. Know what I mean, like I totally dedicated myself somewhere else, and it's like I don't want to be here. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But like I dedicate like I, this, it, I know exactly what you mean because I dedicated 15 years to learning fucking financial ratios that no that I don't give a shit about. You know what I mean? Like. I don't give a shit about your debt to equity ratio, but I know what it means. Well, the thing is, you got to follow your heart, right? And when you know how to follow your heart, you'll know what you got to do. Right, right. But, but you have to admit, though, you, you make a, a choice if you're going to follow your heart that you're going to live a more modest lifestyle. Well, obviously, but you're, we're all trained not to do, to do that shit. Right, right. <laughs> Ideally, right? But you know, like musically, I knew what I what I've always done music since I was a kid. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it's always helped me to release the tension of all the bullshit I take in. Right. And then when you recycle that energy to frequency, somebody takes it in and feels good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's. Then you can take like you can say that you feel better because you made them feel better, kind of thing. Well, all I can I know how to release my tension to playing. Right, right. Right. So when somebody, so I'll go out to the bar and I'll just like be pissed off playing a guitar solo, but it's like a lot of feel. But somebody in the audience is gonna suck that in and just. No, no longer feel like shit anymore. You know what I mean? Like I see it all the time. Uh, it's it's just recycled energy. And you around uh, and around and around again. Yeah, yeah, I, I see know? it too. I mean, if you got it, like I go, like I did a show last night, and uh, it was a uh, the crowd was into it, and it was a nice, a good crowd. They were they were pretty hot, you know, mm-hmm. and that energy was uh, great because we like I didn't. Uh, I didn't feel very good before I did the show, and I didn't. Uh, then I did the show. I felt good while I was doing it, you know. And then uh, you could feel that that uh, it went it went well. And it's not like you can really pin it down that it went well. You just get that energy, like you're talking about. Like you get some sort of intangible feeling back from the crowd that you know it was a good. They 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 you, thought you harness, well of you. You harness the energy of the room, right? And it. And once you understand you have that. Well, have you had a shit room? Like, have you had, like, you must have had shit rooms. Like, Delhi. Like, are you, like, have you had a room where the energy is real bad? They're not receptive to what you're doing. And you still got to play through that? Um, oh, yeah. But, no, but, like, you, I, you can't expect people to clap, you know, every time. I mean, it doesn't matter because. Just do your thing, you know. If you do that at home around the kitchen table, that makes it feel good there. Yeah. You do it out there, too. You know, yeah, like, do what you think is good, right? Like what makes you happy, right? You'll meet the same people in every town. Like it's not like you're going to go somewhere and everybody's different. 
Yeah, yeah, people. You know, it's, they're the same people in every town. Like, uh, I don't know. I'll 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 make one exception. It's Toronto. I don't know those people. <laughs> I don't get those people at all. Whoa, that was like an explosion. Probably. A beer. That's that cheap beer. I'll tell you, I go like I. Most people are universally the same, but uh, in Toronto they get butt hurt about everything. <laughs> they're so they're such like. I think in the big cities though, like the people are like that are there are just like young people who are like, uh, like career driven well, or what, something. What like that. I mean about people being the same is, people it, like the music the same. Right, right. Moves them the same way. It, 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 like they have the same universal traits that make them it, the same. It's the only thing that we have in common too, right? Yeah. All, all over the world. Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes music will move you. Like, I mean, like, uh, I always think about Steve and uh, fish, you know? Like, Steve loves fish. It moves them, right? Or Grateful Dead, even, you know? Steve's really into that Grateful Dead and the fish and stuff like that. He loves it, right? Oh, hell yeah. And he plays it all the time for me and all that stuff, and it's always on. And he Not likes your to, thing? No, it doesn't do anything for me. It's like falls onto me like, I'm, like nothing. It makes no impact onto my uh, thing, right? But if you put in, like, a... Uh, white stripes uh album or something like that uh then i'm like totally like i'm into that like i get it it moves me in a way that it's like uh hits me at deep in my core the way i imagine that same shit does for steve that does nothing for me at all right it's like i understand it's good it's still but it doesn't it doesn't hit me the same way it hits him you know i know that like he has more of a passion for that music than i can appreciate in fact if he was like less enthusiastic about the music i think i might like it more because i just don't see it the same way he does you know like he sees it the way like it's like a child on christmas going down the stairs and you know seeing the christmas tree you know all lit up or whatever you know that's the kind of way steve sees fish i see it just like another band you know but I, it's because it hits him out a different way than it, it it strikes him I more think it's because he's a guitar player too yeah yeah he has a different perspective than i do right yeah, yeah i agree because musicians like fish and uh, and Grateful Dead, they like jammy type of things because they see the musicianship of the whole thing, right? Is that what it is? Something like that. Well, because uh, you're like a, you're not just a. They used to say you had to do drugs to under to hear the Grateful Dead, right? Um, I never I really understood that until I was. In that situation, and you, it when they do jam, all the notes do echo all over the place, and it's weird. You know oh, I mean? so maybe I just don't do the right drugs. <laughs> well, hey, yeah, magic hey, I'm mushrooms. not against it. I'm not yeah. against any of it. <laughs> Give me the right drugs to the right music. If I knew, if you sat me down with a fucking REM album, <laughs> and you said, Pete, if you took uh, like uh, 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 whippets. And uh, listen to REM, it's fucking awesome, man. It's like not even it's not even just, it's not even like music. It's like you're gonna come in your pants, right? Well, I'll be like, give me a fucking bottle of uh, whipped cream. Let's go. let's go. Maybe I'm a Michael Stipe fan. You don't need to listen to drugs to listen to the Grateful Dead and enjoy it. No, you or don't. To fish. You, you don't. You do not need to be on drugs. No, you don't. You just but need to like music, right? You need to know music. You can but feel the energy of the crowd, the energy through the music. That's another it's thing. A real thing. That's another thing that that I don't have that they that that Steve has, and maybe you have too, and Leah definitely has. 
um, is that I have never seen. I don't do drugs. I have never seen fish live. Like I've never s- seen them coffee. live or the Grateful Dead live. If I had maybe been to a dead show and my friends that were into the dead all like were really into the dead and they all went to the shows. I never went to a show. Maybe if I went to a show, I would have changed my mind. Maybe. But you went to a show, Paul. You never went to a dead show? Oh, I thought you did. Okay, yeah. That's, yeah. Charters, you never went to a dead show, did you? No, never. No. And why didn't you? I watched a documentary once. I didn't even... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even know they were playing. Right, me neither. That's why I didn't go. And it wasn't even my lexicon. Like, it never no. entered my lexicon. That's the thing. We're going to see them in a couple of weeks. Whoa, wow. Who are you going to see? Dead and Company. Dead and Company. In Detroit well, on Friday. Uh, well, who are they now? All right. Uh, it's the... Everybody in the Grateful Dead? It's the original... Who's dead? Jerry's dead, well, and they've lost Jer- a lot they of... All uh, <laughs> <laughs> they all died. They are all old. Anyway, it's Bob Weir. It's the original drummers, and filling in for everyone else is John Mayer. Everyone John else? Mayer. Oh, the John Mayer, eh? Well, and oh. the, the bass players from the Allman Brothers and... No, I mean, I'm just kidding. The, the, of course, the Grateful it's Dead died when Jerry died. Yeah. Good night, guys. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, oh well, we are at the end of the show. Hey, actually. Well, thank you for coming, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for coming, guys. Um, we we actually are at the end of the show. Hey, don't forget to listen. Crazy. I know what you missed. Yeah. <laughs> Did Jeffrey? Did we want to? I just wanted to. I just wanted to plug. Uh, uh, the King Cashew, if you'd like to go on the King Cashew uh, Facebook page, you can see all the dates coming up. They're playing all around, and I just want to make sure people are, are aware of where King Cashew's playing. So go on Facebook to the King Cashew page, like their page, and uh, check out the dates coming up. I know they got, uh, they're going to be the Copper Bug in Tilsonburg. And where else are you going to be? You got. Uh, uh, we're going to be at Sanders Lounge the following weekend in Brantford, Fire and Grill. That would be. Yeah, we got listeners in Bradford, so come. But anyways, go to their page and check them out, and uh, we can. You can also uh, give us some feedback uh, live from the Dutch Hall Gmail dot com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that bullshit, and uh, tell a friend. Also, uh, go see us at Swazi's or uh, the oh, yeah. Little Belgium. Come on, Little out. Belgium uh, n- next Thursday, and uh, Swazi's on December first. Sorry, that would be November 25th in Xander's. And, yeah, November 25th. King George Road. Until next week, we will see you, NT. See you next Thursday. <laughs>